believe I saw a new TikTok ad this weekend, and it's something uh, well, I definitely clicked on. I don't know about you, but you can become a pilot. This TikTok ad is recruiting pilots on TikTok. The, the caption was, America needs you. Are you interested in learning to fly a plane? What do you, what do you think about that? Is that, how they, is that how they advertise jobs back in your day? Definitely not on TikTok. It's it's kind of scary to me that they're trying to get pilots on TikTok. I mean, not to like judge the TikTok generation, but it feels like not the group of people that I want flying my plane getting distracted by watching TikTok videos while they're supposed to be flying. Yeah, I don't know if the the Wi-Fi on planes is good enough to be watching TikTok. So if that <laughs> if that helps you out, but I don't know. I saw the ad and I clicked into it because I was like, there's no way this is legit. And then like, you know, five minutes later, I'm halfway to becoming a pilot. So if you see me, (laughs) if you see me on your next flight, now, you know. I feel like there may be a little bit more training than five minutes of filling out a form that you saw on TikTok. At least I would hope so. Although I do have to say, so my neighbor is a pilot and I think there's a couple of things going on here. So I do think they're Gonna, they're kind of concerned about pilot shortages in the future because I think there are a lot of pilots that are going to be retiring over the next you know, five, 10 years. And I do think there's a shortage. So that may be why they're advertising on TikTok. But one thing he told me that I never really thought about before until I was talking to him about, about flying a plane, but he said, they don't let you practice flying an actual plane. So if you're a new pilot, the first time you fly an actual plane with people on it is the time that you're flying an actual plane with people on it. You do everything in simulators up to that point because jet fuel is so expensive that they can't just send you up, you know, in the air to circle for a while and, you know, practice flying an empty 747 or whatever. And I guess I never thought about that before and thought, wow, I wonder how many times I've been on a plane with somebody who was a brand new pilot and had literally never flown a plane before. Just kind of terrifying. I mean, if we're judging on landings, I could probably, you know, guess a couple. But I will say, you know, I was big into uh, Grand Theft Auto for a while. So if mm. I need to land a plane, you know, like I've, I've got practice landing planes on top of rooftops and everything. So I think we could do it. I'm sure it's very similar. Oh, to it's got to be to an Xbox life. controller. You know, yeah. it's the exact same thing. Totally. I don't know. I don't know totally. what would be Maybe different. that's why they're advertising on TikTok is because, you know, it's there's a high, you know, Venn di- circle Venn diagram of people who played uh grand theft auto that's, that's the segment they're using they're looking for people who have shown interest in grand theft auto 5 and there yeah. i am in the in the list they're like 75 they're like man these people are 75 percent of the way there they've already done it in a video game so we're good and, <laughs> and it's a flight simulator is like you know just one step over from a video game you know gabe it's uh you know pretty soon we're gonna have the situation where people flying the planes are actually you know on the ground in their home offices working from home so That'll be a day. Actually, you're probably right. I mean, that, that, that probably isn't that far away, as crazy as that is to say. I mean, they already do that for military stuff with drones. I mean, it's probably not that far away for commercial aircraft, too. So, Zach, I had a random thing that I saw this weekend, too, that I wanted to share with you. Have you heard about these virtual restaurants? <laughs> I have, but for those those who may not know what it is, can you tell us what it is? Sure. So I, I really want to open one myself. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's probably multiple versions of this, but the one that I saw over the weekend, which I thought was really interesting, is celebrities or influencers are creating, and I'm using my air quotes here for those who can't see me, restaurants 
where like, I'll give you an example. So I think most people know who Mr. Beast is, right? A very popular YouTube, YouTube person, YouTube personality. So he opened a restaurant where you can get a Mr. Beast burger, but the restaurant doesn't actually exist. You go on your phone or your, this a particular app and you order the Mr. Beast burger and then just a random restaurant makes this food for you. And then it gets delivered to your house like any other, you know, like any other food, food delivery app. But I just thought it was such a trip to think about a completely non brick and mortar restaurant per se, right? Like the restaurant still exists because it has to make the food, but the menu is not theirs. It's just weird, right? I I don't know. I, I don't know if you've seen like, I think um, the pandemic really changed, you know, not just fast food, but a lot of restaurants. And I always see like mm. Taco Bell in the news for these new restaurants. And they they launched one. I saw it on TikTok, TikTok of all places, but it's basically a drive-through and like the restaurant kind of sits above you and you pull into like, it's like a bank almost. You pull into a, a lane and like the food comes down kind of like on a conveyor belt elevator system. You know, it's not like a suction tube where your food goes everywhere, but it oh, kind of comes down to you, you pick it up and go. So I think it's really changing fast food in, in this situation. Just, you know, there's no lobby. You don't dine in, you get your food and go, which it's, yeah. it's interesting to me because if I was doing fast food, you know, I, I never dine in when I'm eating fast food. I'm Yuck. But um, if I, if I'm going out to a restaurant, like I, I like going out, I like sitting in the restaurants and so on. So I don't know if I'd be very good at a virtual restaurant, uh, you know, getting food delivered to me. But if, it, if it's, if it's, you know, fast food, you know, the Qdobas, the Chipotle's <laughs> back to that conversation. <laughs> to go back a couple episodes. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that being delivered to me, but um, I, at some point, you know, I, I like the experience of going out, but you know, keep in mind pandemic with everything shut down, if it was the only option to get food delivered to you, which it was for, you know, uh, many restaurants in my town, sure. I took advantage of it. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna you know, oh, cook, I, at, cook at home. I don't have to take advantage of that stuff, especially because I live, I live, my town has a lot of fancy restaurants in it and they had to pivot very quickly because there wasn't a lot of indoor dining in California for quite a while. So you could get extremely high quality meals to go. And these were places, there's a, place that's like four blocks down from my house that's a michelin star restaurant i think they have multiple multiple michelin stars very fancy restaurant i am not going there on any sort of regular basis it's like a two thousand dollar meal for a couple of people right so not a place that i'm going to be frequenting but they did really great to go stuff at very affordable prices so you know there were uh, some cool things to lean into there but i still think the the virtual restaurant thing to me was just weird because it's like, how do you, like the logistics part of it was weird to me. And how do you do quality control? You know, it's the the fast food restaurants you were talking about earlier. Those are like well-oiled machines with, you know, the logistics part of the business. But how do you do that in an environment where it's just some random restaurant that's cooking your recipe? And I'm, I'm just like imagining, you know, like five o'clock me opening up my kitchen to, to cook as a restaurant, you know? But one, th one, one thing you did mention, Gabe, that I want to point out was the, the transition to these, these restaurants took from, you know, dine in to, you know, carry out. I think we should appreciate how fast many people made those transitions. And one thing in yeah. particular is I think it was the greatest comeback of the QR code. Because <laughs> like for a while, I was like, no one uses QR codes. Those things are dead. And now suddenly every restaurant has a QR code on the table, uh, you know, yeah. someplace. So I don't know. And, and it's funny because like, if I go to a restaurant, 
I would much rather like look at the menu on my phone and then, you know, do that whole thing. But, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, obsessed with my phone, no, but I would I much rather. I think that's weird. Oh, totally. I think that's completely normal. I, restaurant menus are kind of gross. Like you never really thought about it before, but, you know, maybe pre-pandemic, but a bunch of people touching them and yeah, there's maybe, maybe, a, you know, somebody at the restaurant who's wiping them down with a dirty rag before they throw them on your table again. But I mean, they're not actually getting clean. So yeah, I'm totally down for the QR code. I actually was just reading an article last night about the uh, Coinbase commercial from the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. And they were kind of going back and revisiting that and talking about exactly what you were saying, which is, you know, they, it was such a brilliant commercial because people had gotten used to QR codes during the pandemic. And there was this rebirth of the QR code I know uh, our friend Tara at work has talked about that a lot, uh, the rebirth of the QR code. But and, and that's why that that's why that ad was so effective is because it it opened up a whole it opened up Coinbase to a huge number of people that probably never would have been never would have engaged with Coinbase in any sort of other other way, right? But they had that that little QR code bouncing around the screen, right? Kind of a nostalgia factor for really old video games way before Grand Theft Auto. But uh, it was just, it was a brilliant ad for lots of reasons. Well, Gabe, uh, if I if I know one thing, you know, you're a big Coinbase fan, so I know you definitely scanned that code. <laughs> I did not. I'm not, I'm, I'm not into, uh, I'm not a crypto guy, but, you know, maybe someday. I, 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 I just can't invest in something I completely don't understand, which uh, we should Come talk on, about. Come on, man, it's, it's, it's magic well. internet money. What's, what's not to understand? <laughs> How could it possibly go wrong, right? Yeah, what could um, go? We yeah. should make our own like podcast NFT. I think that's something we should do. Mm, there you go. Yeah, it, this is a much larger conversation, so we probably should. <laughs> we got to pump the brakes on uh, this one. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to dunk. I don't. I don't want to dump on crypto. I know crypto is getting killed right now. There are a lot of really smart people that think that it's the future of money, and I. I don't understand it well enough to be able to talk crap about it. So I'm just going to let it be. If you want to invest in crypto, you are more than welcome. Have at it. This and, is, this uh, is not investment you, advice. So we need that disclaimer no, this is on not here. Investment <laughs> advice, but please, if you want to do it, go right ahead. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to with, uh, with your money. <laughs> I'll tell you not to. I have no problem. Right. But, uh, okay, let's, let's yeah, talk I about the, uh, let's talk yes, about it. <laughs> a little bit. So we wanted to, we we're going to talk today about, We've been talking a lot lately about social media and specifically about social media ads, talking, you know, really kind of diving, diving deep into Facebook ads, talking about the do's and don'ts and the ins and outs of Facebook ads. We wanted to shift gears just a little bit today still to talk about social media, but really talk about some of the other ways that you can engage with followers on social in a slightly more organic way. Um, there are still some great ways to do this through, you know, whether it be through Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or so many of these other channels. Um, so Zach, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about kind of the storytelling component of this and, you know, how you've seen, you know, just some ideas of, of how people have been able to tell compelling stories over social media. You bet. And this is something, Gabe, I think happens more often than we recognize, but you know, if, if you're scrolling down on Facebook, you know, it, it gets overwhelming with how many ads you see. And I know we just had an episode on how to build ads and, you know, you have to do it, but there comes a point where like it's, it's white noise, you know, people want to break from those promotions. They don't want to see those call to actions, you know? So you need to get a little bit creative with the content you're publishing. And one of the, 
one of the many ways we're going to talk about today is is storytelling. And this is something that I've seen businesses in my town do. They they take a picture of maybe an employee or someone in the community, and then they just have a, a story about them that they're telling on that Facebook post, that Instagram post, whatever it may be. Maybe it links back to a blog, but it's it's a very different technique. I don't know if you've ever seen the Instagram page Humans of New York at all, Gabe. Have you seen that at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just pictures and then it's got maybe a life story behind it. But mm-hmm. it's for a business, it's a very different approach to the, the ad with a call to action because you're not explicitly promoting a product and service, you know? And it's very different from the traditional call to action, discount code, whatever that is. It's just a very, or, you know, like you said, organic content that, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to make someone, you know, they see the photo, they're stopped, they're going to read it. So it's it's just kind of a break in that feed. And I think there's a ton of opportunity for people to do this. You know, we talked about the humans of New York option, but, you know, maybe you have an employee you want to spotlight, someone in your community you want to spotlight. Fantastic opportunity. You don't have to get in there and promote your business and say, you know, that that traditional, you know, download the app, you know, sign up today. None of that. All it is is a photo and a couple paragraphs, you know, just talking about that that individual. Yeah, I think it's a great call. And and I've seen lots of you know service providers that we work with do this very effectively. And I think on top of everything you said, Zach, just to, one of the things that I think is is so great about telling stories like this is it builds trust in your community. And that's something that really is priceless when you're building that engagement, building that trust with the people who are in your community. Maybe you're even using it as a way to promote another local business and, you know, help, help bring them some business. You know, you can, you can engage with, engage with their followers. They can engage with you as well. It's just a great way to build each other up in a very uh, natural way and a very organic way on social. I, I, I just love the storytelling component. I think there's so many different, different paths you can take there. Totally. And it leads into really the second content idea I wanted to talk about today. And that's, that's the influencer, you know, the, the individual. And I think, I think this term is, is not the best to use. Cause when I think of influencer, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, John Doe who has 10 million Instagram followers and 17 million Instagram likes. I don't think that's the right way to look at this, especially with the conversations, no. you know, you and I have Gabe with these, with these smaller BSPs, they don't have access to someone like that. I don't have access to someone like that, but what I think everyone does have access to is what I'm going to call a micro influencer, someone in your community who's well-known, someone in your community who, you know, everyone might know, maybe it's an employee, but I think using these micro-influencers and, and maybe tagging them in your content too, you know, you can go on Instagram and Facebook and do at Gabe and have Gabe tagged in that post, but doing that kind of link, that linking, if there's a, an industry professional and you're doing a um, a story about them or whatever, that may be tag them in that, in that content too. But I think building these advocates, like I said, employees, customers, whoever that, whoever that might be. This is something we've talked about in the past, but having them promote your content can be huge. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think the employees one is a hugely untapped resource. I know we've talked about that one before, but if you have somebody internally who's very active on social, you know, they're used to, they're used to posting on social, they get excited about it, lean into that and have them tell the story for you. Obviously you probably need to give them some boundaries and guidelines of what they should and shouldn't be saying. Break out the brand standard and communication guide. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We don't want to go too nuts. Right. I mean, I think that's, that's the balance is having it come across as natural 
versus you know forced from the from the company right and that's why i think influencer marketing where influencer marketing can be really effective is if you're not if it doesn't if it doesn't feel like it's the company behind them actually you know talking for them right you know it, they're not just a little puppet it's just a hey i'm sharing this with you as you know uh, you know, as somebody who's living in your community and dealing with the kind of the same things that you are. Right. And I'm big into like the day in the life content, you know, but, but one thing um, mm-hmm. I've had experience with in the past is I, I think there's a bit of a gap between what some of the more experienced marketing professionals um, think in terms of influencer content. So one thing that I had experience with is uh, at UW specifically in college, uh, the university would come to students and say, hey, take over our social media for the day, you know? Um, yeah. And they, they gave you guidelines. It's not like you go out and, you know, go downtown and post everything. But they gave you guidelines, and it was basically just students, interns, whoever they could find, taking over social mm-hmm. media for that day, showing, you know, what they did that day, you know, what, what life was like. And I think that's, a, you know, there's a ton of opportunity there. If you have interns on the staff, um, you know, do a social media takeover. Let them kind of... Uh, post a day in the life at at your business, something like that. But loop in people who um, may have a different perspective, I guess, and 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 the influencer and video, you know, marketing channels. But uh, I, I definitely think that's yeah. that's an option. People should be looking at how they how they can do that. I think I mentioned this on the pod before, but uh, uh, in that exact vein that you're talking about, Zach, there's I know I mentioned that. I have a company that I'm involved with, a local company here in town. It's a co-working space. And we had a few months ago, somebody come in and basically just hang out for the day. And they talked to the owner and they talked to some of the members and they posted all of this content on their social media feeds. And they have a very large number of followers. Their, Their whole purpose, this person who came in, she created this Instagram account to help local businesses during the pandemic. And so she's grown a really great follower base of local people and just came in and just shot little videos, took pictures. Like I said, did a little interview with the with the owner. It was fantastic, and you know, it's very low friction for her. You know, she just was able to come in and work for the day, and and you know, have that opportunity to you know show off your business. If you have somebody like that in your community, you know, whether maybe if it's even maybe if it's even somebody with the local chamber of commerce, something like that, right? Have them come in and actually you know tell those stories throughout the day. I think it could be really compelling. That's that's not I. That's pretty cool, Gabe. I, I definitely want to see some links to that content now. <laughs> it was great. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely share it. I'll definitely share it with you. It, it turned out awesome. And it was just, it felt very natural. It felt like we were telling an organic story and it grew our follower base really effectively. And, you know, there's nice kind of some nice cross pollination for hers as well. You know, we did even a, we did a giveaway for a, you know, Hey, uh, like this post, like these posts, and we'll do a giveaway for a day pass. And so that was a you know a little giveaway that was not super expensive for us, but you know something that was exciting and got us some additional engagement on on the posts that were happening during the day as well. That's pretty awesome. And and the video, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was no, going to no, jump. Go I was going to jump into video, but if you wanted to make a, a final comment yes, on perfect. video, that's exactly where I was going to go too, buddy. So yeah, <laughs> no, go for it. I love it. Um, we we've talked about telling people to use video in the past, but we really haven't mm-hmm. told people how to use video. We've just said, use it, you know, and, and hope for the best. But I really want to talk about how to use video. And I, I, I got to tell a story about um, an old app. I was probably in middle school when this came out, but do you remember the app Periscope? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I want to say it was one of the like very first live streaming um, apps and you could go live to Twitter and whatnot. But 
I just remember mm-hmm. we, we showed my dad this app and he was he was all excited about it. But he'd he'd walk around and still to this day we quote him on this, but he'd walk around saying, like, oh, I'm going live and like pull out his phone and you know go live. But even now, like every time we're at like an event or something, you know, someone makes the comment to my family, like, oh, I, I'm going live or I, I better go live, you know, and pulls out <laughs> their phone as a joke. But I think the whole concept behind using live video is is fantastic. And I think it's a great tool to use. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those tools where you, you kind of have to plan it a little bit. You know, if you're going live, um, the, the advice I always give people is to make it personal. Don't just come on and make, you know, a, a commercial for something, you know, like, um, one of the videos mm-hmm. I've done in the past that was live was, uh, we had this big community barbecue, uh, several thousand people would come. So we'd go live at the barbecue. We'd, we'd talk to people, you know, come on down and this is what's going on. Kind of walk them through everything. So we were just promoting the event at the same time, but at the same time, you know, it was inviting mm-hmm. people to come down, engaging with them. You know, people would comment, hey, how late are you guys doing this? And you could talk about it on the live stream. Hey, you know, we'll be here till eight o'clock at night, whatever that is. But big, big thing on that is is to make it personal. Don't just come on and, and run an ad and be done. And the other big thing too yeah. is when you start that live video, that live broadcast, you know, your followers are going to slowly fall in. They, they might get that notification that says, um, you know, Zach and Gabe are live, whatever that may be. So kind of keep that in mind as you go live, you don't want to come out and like have your live stream content just totally out there in five seconds, but you kind of have to build into the content you're live streaming. So a couple ideas on that. And this one just absolutely like <laughs> kills me just because I, I think of like some of the coworkers we have here at Calix game and, and whatnot. But one of the ideas was to create a talk show within your business and have employees kind of join you and, and talk about, you know, upcoming events, whatever's happening at your business. And I know for us, Gabe, it would be just a fantastic time, you know, and people, people would, would have a lot of fun with it. So I, I really think, you know, oh, that would be that's, completely bonkers, but it I would love be chaos, idea. but I think, I think it's a, fantastic it's a oh, idea. absolutely. But, uh, and, and I think I mentioned this a few episodes back about employees being hesitant to be on camera and, you know, mm-hmm. that whole thing. But every time I've tried this, like, yes, you have that, you know, you kind of have to talk people into it. But as soon as you hit that go live button and people start talking, the attitude totally changes. And then you get the whole like, oh, when are we going? When are we going live next? You know, let's, let's go live again. But it's one of those things that um, engaging your employees might be the easiest way to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. It's, have, I, 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 would, I don't want to call myself a Facebook live expert, but I have done a few of them. You're an influencer, and not, and not an expert. <laughs> It, it's it's nerve wracking. It definitely is when you're you know getting ready to do it. But then I, I, there is something weird about that. As soon as it goes, you know, you just sort of start to you know get into the conversation, and then you don't even notice it so much. Um, you just feel like you're having a conversation with that person. It's a really effective tool. And to your point, you made a great point about the notifications piece. Anybody who's following you, you know, whether you're doing it on Instagram or you know Instagram Live or Facebook Live they're going to get that notification that says, Hey, so-and-so started a live video. And you know, that's a compelling call to action or a compelling notification to get them to jump over to your page to see what's going on. So I think that's a great, a great reason to do it is, you know, it does that push notification out to folks. But like I said, having done a couple of these Facebook lives, I think it can be a great educational tool as well. I've done it with a couple of my, with a couple of my clients talking about the app, going through specific features of the app, um, I know we've had other broadband service providers doing it just to talk about what's happening in, in their community from a construction perspective, maybe give updates on, you know, where builds are happening and, 
know, just have that opportunity. And I'm always surprised at how many people actually consume the content, not only live, but what's great is that video is just going to live on your Facebook page basically forever, right? Or as long as you want it to. So you've got this long tail content that people will continue to come back to even after the live event has has wrapped. And one last, you know, content idea, do a game show. This is something we've been talking about in the team, like have a family game night and you can schedule these in advance so people can get that notification. They can see it on their page. You can promote it as an ad. You can do all that. But then when people come in, again, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily you talking about your business at this point. It's everyone, you know, maybe it's a trivia night, whatever that may be. And this is a nice virtual event too. It doesn't have to be in person. So it's just, if we're being honest, it's a super easy way to engage your followers. And it's, you know, like I said, it's engaging. People will interact with this content. So those are just a couple ideas. Gabe, you did mention how-to content briefly. <laughs> and that's something I wanted yes. to talk about too is, teaching your audience how to do something. And this is something I used to do with how-to videos. I'd grab an employee and say, show them how to deposit a check on the mobile app. Show them how to um, start a live chat. Just simple stuff like that. One minute videos, if mm-hmm. even. And it's just the employee saying, hey, you know, my name's my name's Zach. And today I'm going to show you how to do this mobile deposit. And then I would pull up, you know, the screen share so you can see both the uh, employee and the, you know, the phone app because we're talking about the app mm-hmm. at the same time. And then we would just walk through that and be done. And I think that's another fantastic tool because not only am I saying, hey, you know, we have this app you should go check out. But at that point, I'm also saying, here's, you know, one of the benefits to using the app. Here's how you do something you need to be doing on the app. You know, everyone wants to do mobile check deposits. Uh, Well, I mean, Venmo deposits now, but, you know. um, But I think just the how-to content is, is just big. And every business has something they can show someone how to do, whether it's an app or maybe something else. I, there's something you can show someone how to do or about even your business. If you're struggling for content, what are the questions that your customers ask you on a daily basis? Start there, write down the top 10. What are the 10 most popular questions that you get from mm-hmm. your customers on a day-to-day basis? And that becomes your your content calendar for the next 10 weeks and do one video a week. You know, they don't have to be perfect either. You know, I, I think a huge reason why people don't do these is because they are concerned about them being perfect. I will ad- fully admit, I, you know, when I when we started this podcast, when I started doing, you know, being more active on LinkedIn, I just wanted everything to be I wanted everything to be perfect. And you just have to realize that it's not going to be and the only way you're going to get better at some of this stuff is by doing it and, you know, eventually sucking less at it. But yeah, you know, it, it's just ripping that band-aid off to do it. But the how I, going back to your comment about the how-to piece he couldn't agree more. I think that's a great way. And it, it automatically is just going to build that repository of basically knowledge-based videos of, you know, content that people can go back to whenever they do have questions about a specific thing, they can go search for, you know, how do I deposit a a check on the mobile app? And that video is going to come up and having that as just a resource on your page is going to be, you know, huge for avoiding future frustrating conversations with your customers where, you know, they, they, now you've given them a resource to teach them how to do this thing. That's exactly it. And one of the things I did, Gabe, was when I started doing this video content, uh, I was also in the middle of a website redesign content. And I was thinking like, how do I, how do I integrate these videos on, on my website in, um, you know, in, in an efficient and kind of educational way. So what I ended up doing is just starting a blog that I called the learning center and on it, you know, each week or each month, whatever that the content time would be, 
I would go on and I'd write out the instructions, say, hey, this is what we're talking about today. And then in that video to, or in that blog post, I would have that video embedded. So if you didn't want to read the instructions or maybe you mm. wanted to see exactly what I was talking about, you could have both side by side. So having that accompanying blog post, I think was also a fantastic tool. And I feel like speaking of blogs, people underestimate how easy it is to set up a blog. I know, um, you know, like HubSpot, you can do blogs. Uh, that one just comes to mind. There's so many out there. But if you haven't looked into blogging too much, you know, it's it's not like the old internet days where it's like you behind the keyboard just <laughs> typing whatever. I don't know. But I think, you know, it's like a newsletter approach. I have a lot of customers that will do newsletters and a tremendous mm-hmm. opportunity there to just take your newsletter content and adapt it. Not copy and paste. I didn't say copy and paste. Adapt it into a blog format. I'll say copy and paste. Why the hell not, <laughs> right? I mean, if you've got the content created already, why not put it in a different format? Because not to be super judgy, but the people who are reading a newsletter that comes in the mail are probably not going to be the same people that are reading you know, content online. Maybe some overlap there, but there's probably not a ton. So I think it's totally acceptable to take that content that you have in different formats and as we like to say, Zach, content, sprinkle it out into was, different places. I right? was waiting for there's someone to say that, that this episode. There's, there's been so many opportunities. Ah, it's a perfect, <laughs> yes, it's a perfect word for it though, right? But, but it goes back to what you said around creating a video and mm-hmm. uh, you know having that content in, even if it's a written blog and a video, cool. Like some people are going to learn better through reading. Some people are going to learn better through watching a video. Have the, have the same content in multiple ways for your customer to consume it whatever is comfortable for them. I think so, Gabe. And we should have an episode on just blogs in the future, I think. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we definitely should. I, I, I've i plugged this book before. I don't know if I've plugged it on the podcast, but there's a great book that I read a few months ago called They Ask You Answer. I would highly recommend it. It's a great read. It's by a gentleman named Marcus Sheridan. Really good read, just all about content marketing and a lot about blogs. And what I really like about the book is it gives very actionable, specific tactics that you can do in your business to improve your content marketing. He talks a lot about video, he talks a lot about written content and SEO. He loves HubSpot, um, but it's a really good book. I would definitely recommend it. Um, it's it's a, a very good read. Um, well, Zach, I know we had, and we're kind of getting to the end here, but we had one other topic that we wanted to cover, which was this idea of, of Facebook groups and you know, kind of getting out into the communities in, in these groups as well. Um, what's What's been your experience with Facebook groups and, and how people have been able to, to leverage that? It's funny because I know, think there's that area. I think there's a lot of potential in Facebook groups. And I'm not saying there's a lot of potential. People are not using them right now. I mean, they have several billion, or seven billion, several billion users using these things. Um, so it's not like people mm-hmm. are just not using them. But I think the potential lies within the businesses you know, we, we, we interact with every day. Gabe, are you in any Facebook groups by chance? I'm not, but I definitely have a lot of customers who have used Facebook groups, I think very effectively um, to, you know, see what's going on with competition. If there's, you know, a new competitor jumping into the area, sometimes they get tipped off in some of these Facebook groups that something new is, somebody new is coming into these particular areas. Um, I have also seen companies you know, certainly posting community updates, you know, updates about what's going on at their company, those sorts of things. Sometimes even promotional materials, if they're offering a free promotion, they'll go in there and offer, you know, and offer that. I don't, 
I think you got to be very careful with that because if you're seen as advertising in these groups, I think you're, you're, you know, potentially going to get booted out. <laughs> um, but if you've built up some credibility of, Hey, I've posted about community things. I've posted educational things. I'm not just in here hammering people with ads. You know, I do think you, you can build up enough goodwill that you can, again, use that term again, sprinkle some advertisements in there a little bit, especially if it's something free that you're offering to your customer. I don't know what your experience is around that. Is that well, it's that, funny because- um, I think there are ways you can do it. Well, yeah, when I was at my my last job with, with um, a bank, oftentimes people would get into these groups and say, you know, it would go both ways. Some days it would be like positive feedback. Hey, you know, like, hey, I just had this ex experience, so on, so on. And that's mm -hmm. great content to share or interact with. Definitely comment yeah. on it and acknowledge it. You don't just like, you know, screenshot it and forget about it. Interact with that content. People are going to be raving about you. Go in yeah. there. But you also get the content that's negative. And I always think that needs addressed too. Um, you know, mm -hmm. someone can get on there and just say totally false things about your business, maybe a bad experience they had. But I think there's opportunity mm -hmm. to jump in and, you know, pump brakes with them a little bit, just kind of ease ease tensions and almost um, almost act as a customer support agent within that group, you know, help them with, with whatever issues they had, maybe reach out, give them a call. But I, I think there's just so like there's so many ways to respond to feedback and Facebook groups tend to get a lot of feedback about your business. Another use of Facebook groups though, and this is a few I'm joined, but a few businesses have created groups for their own customers. So I think there's opportunity too for your uh, broadband company or whatever company you have to create that group on Facebook and, you know, hopefully your customers join you and you can talk about maybe industry specific news, uh, Q and a content, you know? Um, and if you really want to like get into this, you could use it for feedback. Like I mentioned, you know, Use it, as, use, it, use it as a focus group. Get that product feedback. See what people are saying. See how they use your product. But just, just get that feedback from them. And, and the cool thing about doing this too from a business perspective is you build a relationship with these customers that, that didn't exist. So the downside of not doing this, you know, you're not doing it. You're not going to see what happens here. The plus side is you go in and you build these relationships. You interact with these people. Yeah. And keep in mind, this is separate from your Facebook page. It's a group, not a page. Feel like those get mixed mm -hmm. up on Facebook a lot, but just having some some kind of technical expertise group or whatever that may be, and maybe have a couple staff in there um, managing it too. But whatever that looks like, I, I think there's tremendous opportunity to um, again take that that feedback from your subscribers and, and interact with them. Yeah, I totally agree with that, man. I think it's a definitely an untapped resource for sure. I've got one group I'm in, and it's I don't know what it is. It's like a photography group. I can't think of the name in Wyoming. But uh, everyone just gets on and, and shares photos. And it's always like discussion of like, hey, where did you take that photo at? Or how did you do that? What were your camera settings? So on, so on. So I think it's just another way to just for people to interact with with other subscribers too, you know? So I... Yeah, that sounds like the most like positive Facebook group ever where people are just getting on and sharing these lovely pictures of, you know, of... of wonderful places that they've, uh, that they've gone. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, it's, it's my kind of content, you know, as I said in the beginning, yeah, storytelling and that's all, that's all that group is. It's yeah. storytelling. That's exactly what it is. And you can combine this. You can combine your Facebook group with storytelling. You can combine your Facebook group mm. with anything we talked about today. If you're running a blog, you know, there's your blog community. But it, the thing I would do is, mm. is if you do create a Facebook group for your business, 
it's it's not it's not the same as your page. You can't just co- I mean you can, but you you shouldn't just copy and paste whatever you posted to your page into the group. I think there's going to be instances where you can share that content, but groups have a very yeah. community focused uh, vibe to them. So if if you're posting just ads and call to actions and and all that fun stuff, you're not yeah, using not communities well. in these groups like like you should be. But again, no. I think it's a lot of opportunity and Gabe, I hope I hope you go out and, and join some Facebook groups tonight. One thing I will say, <laughs> just because after I talk up Facebook groups so much, you can get a lot of notifications from these groups. I tend to like hide mm-hmm. posts and and not see every single post that someone's, you know, making to my group. But uh, you know, I still see the top posts and I yeah, can I still can see that getting annoying. Yeah. And, <laughs> Well, it's, there's only so many photos of Wyoming I, I need to see. You know, I, I've seen all the yeah, state with yeah, my own exactly. eyes. So, <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I, I think you can actually now that you can actually see, you really have seen this whole state of Wyoming with your with your uh, your own eyes. Oh man, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no no more glasses for me. So uh, I don't I don't need exactly. to look at these photos on the community group anymore. But but no, I you know uh, joking aside, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity in Facebook groups, and it's it's not as simple as creating a you know, my BSP group and inviting people in, you need to have a goal. What, what do I want this group to do? What do I want the content to look like? And, mm-hmm. and really go from there. I've seen groups where people just share their internet speed tests. So if you want to take that route, you know, um, you've got the multi-gig connections, have people sharing your speed tests and, and jump on and discuss. People love that. There's startling groups out there and they just share their speed test and, uh, you know, people often get in trouble with each other because there's different ways to run the speed test, you know, iPhone to internet or iPhone to router, and they're going to give you different results. Yep. But you have these communities that build up and rally behind you. So, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to use them. And Gabe, we'll have to talk on Facebook communities and or Facebook groups, maybe as an episode on itself. But uh, definitely yeah, keep sure. that in mind when you're looking at uh, social media. Very cool. Man, we covered some good some good topics today around organic stuff. I think. Thanks yeah, like the, uh, I mean, we've been we've been so good on talking about ads and paid ads and <laughs> content yeah. call to actions and and so on and so on. But to me, and this is my opinion, but I would rather see this organic stuff. I think it just resonates better with me, the consumer, as content I would like to see, as opposed to, you know, someone telling me to sign up for some add-on or something, whatever that may be. But it's really, it's really just a different way to use your social media pages. And the thing about this is it's not a, you know, do this instead. It's more of a do all of this approach. So don't just Mm -hmm. do storytelling and don't just go live or don't just post this content, still continue to promote your business and, and your product services, so on. But keep in mind, and, and you, you'll you see the results. I mean, you can go to your page insights and look at how posts, how posts yeah. do. But, uh, you know, keep keep the content well, fresh. I, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a quick story just to kind of wrap things up here. So this is a perfect example of what you're talking about, of these things kind of complementing each other. I had a customer reach out to me last week who is selling the enhanced parental control solution that we sell. And there was a Facebook post that happened from one of their customers that said she she screenshotted a text message exchange that she had with her kids of empty the dryer or I'm gonna turn the internet off. And then like seven hours later, her kids still hadn't done the thing that she asked. So she sent another text message that said, sorry, you just lost internet privileges and turned off the internet from her from her app with the parental control solution. Well, she posted that screenshot 
with a comment about, you know, thank you such and such company for allowing me to ground my kids with the flick of a button. And so the company came over the top and basically said, you know, thank you so much. And then a bunch of other people started to comment on this post of how did you do that? Oh my goodness, I had no idea that you could do that. And it created all of this really nice organic conversation about the app, the parental control solution that this customer was delivering. And then to bring it full circle back to the ad component of this, this the marketer at this company reached out to that person and said, hey, can I use that quote that you, or can I use your social media post as a quote in one of my ads? Person said, yeah, no problem, absolutely. And so now she's actually gonna be running an ad with that direct quote in the Facebook ad. So it's like this whole nice holistic full circle of this thing happened organically on social. It started getting a bunch of great discussion. And now she's actually using this quote from the customer in ads that she's running on Facebook as well. Just like a, it's the beautiful circle of social life, man. I love it. And Gabe, I hate, I hate to end the podcast here, but uh, sneak peek into next week, I will be traveling. So we will have uh, a different mm. host with Gabe. Um, I don't think we should yes, drop any names yet. A, should we I, make it I a think surprise? We're gonna have a guest host. We, yeah, we'll, we've, we'll let it be a surprise. We've never we're gonna do a, our first guest host. Last, we've never week. done a guest host, so hopefully they. Uh, no. <laughs> hopefully they don't. It's just, gonna be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, hopefully we'll, it's not we'll, just a replacement, we'll and, and I'm out for good now. But uh, no, next yep, week I think I think Sorry. it'll be a fantastic episode. So definitely join us next week with our guest host. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed to us on YouTube, you can watch our video podcast there. And as always. Spotify has video as well, and then Apple Podcasts as well, along with your favorite podcast up. So don't forget to give us a follow. We'll be back next week with our special co-host. And I will see everyone in, uh, what is it, two weeks now, Gabe? I, I don't know uh, when two my weeks. next, yeah, I don't so. know when I'm back in the office now. So um, we'll give everyone a few weeks to recover. And uh, again, join us next week with our special guest host. And, and Gabe, you'll have to keep me updated with uh, how things go. Will do. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you soon.